0: the priory society podcast
1: since then i've experimented with swinging i've experimented with polyamory it's like dating more than one person at once nice. and it completely opened up <laughs> my mind to new possibilities and then i started exploring and just really discovering who i was and owning it it was a really beautiful change for me so that's kind of how i got started we are talking about polyamory and we have a special guest
0: who lives the poly lifestyle. So we are going to learn a lot from her. She is not only very well versed in polyamory. She is beautiful.
2: Oh, she looks great.
0: Oh, she's gorgeous, and she has a lot to share. I
2: so. want to go poly right now
0: <laughs> <You> with her. <laughs> with her, I know. And I saw her pictures. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll take her to
2: Applebee's, man.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, like on a
2: nice a, date. There's a Comfort Suites next door. <laughs> That's Polly, man.
1: <laughs> In my religious upbringing, my response to that, I felt intense shame. But I also felt like my body was broken or maybe cursed or maybe I hadn't prayed enough. And right now I'm dating two couples.
2: Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> want to ask you about those scenarios.
0: Yes. Is there a favorite couple? Is there like a hierarchy? It's a
2: joint custody, <laughs> like a child <laughs> arrangement. Or, yeah, you get it one weekend over you here. Half the, half
1: the week. They have to get used to the idea of sharing me, sharing not just my body, but my heart and my life with someone else. And that's something that I think takes time to know if you're okay
2: with. Absolutely. I'll share you, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Priory Society. This Sexy Lifestyle Podcast is for sexually open-minded people. Our listeners want to explore their sexual fantasies and desires by participating in the Swinging Lifestyle. This show is designed to chronicle our journey and experiences. We are not therapists and we do not give medical or professional advice. We broadcast for entertainment purposes only. This podcast contains explicit language and is intended for mature audiences. Hey, sexies. Welcome back home to the Priory Society podcast. I am Isis, and I'm here with my Mexican husband, Eros.
2: Hey, sexies. Good to have you back.
0: (laughs) Hey, we have a really exciting topic for you guys today. We are talking about polyamory, and we have a special guest who lives the poly lifestyle. So we are going to learn a lot from her. She is not only very well-versed in polyamory, she is beautiful.
2: Oh, she looks great.
0: Oh, she's gorgeous, and she has a lot to share. I want to go
2: poly right now
0: (laughs) with her. her, I know. And I saw her pictures. I know.
2: I'm She's gorgeous. Yes. That's what I am. Do it, babe. I don't even know what it means.
0: But you are. You've decided. Dude, I
2: I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'll take her to Applebee's, man.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have a nice a date.
2: Two for twelve ninety nine.
0: That's right. Very romantic. There's
2: a comfort suites next door. <laughs> That's Polly, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what Polly is, which is why we're excited.
0: We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have
2: an idea, and just yeah. like most of our listeners, They're curious, they have ideas, but they don't quite know what it is because they haven't experienced it. So, amen.
0: I am in the listener's seat too because I have a lot to learn. And I know my husband has a lot of questions. Our listeners, you guys have sent us a lot of questions. So, we are talking with Pollyanna.
1: So, hey, Pollyanna, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm such a big uh, fan of your show. I've listened to some of your amazing, (laughs) amazing episodes. Thank Especially you. Especially one of my favorite ones was the one you just did with Disability After Dark. That was oh, just incredible.
2: Yeah. He's a good dude.
1: That was so cool. Andrew yeah. Gursas.
2: You know, he did one of the first disabled orgies, quote unquote, or play parties for mm-hmm. people with uh, disabilities. So he organized, cool. He was one of the co-organizers. Yeah. So cool.
0: Yeah. So let's set the framework for today's episode. I want to know more about you. And I want our listeners to have a good understanding of your journey. Tell us about yourself, how you started being polyamorous, how you realized you were polyamorous. What was your start? And what's your current dating situation?
1: Okay, lots of (laughs) lots of good questions. (laughs) Let's see if I can remember all those. Um, So polyamory, well, I think I think a good way to kind of start explaining it is that When I first started dating, when I was in high school, like 16, I was a serial monogamist all the way until I got divorced. So I really didn't have any break to discover myself, be single until Mm -hmm. after then. And I grew up in a really conservative, um, traditional kind of Christian community. So all of my relationships, which I just kept on feeling like I was failing at, and they just weren't working. And I would ask for things from my partners that were too pervy, too freaky. Uh (laughs) So I just felt really off track. So after I divorced, I spent some time and really just kind of started looking into like, why do I have these natural inclinations? What is there to this? And the first thing I discovered was a show. I think it was on Showtime. And it was a show called Polyamory, Married and Dating. And, I, and it blew my mind. It completely opened my mind up to possibilities that I didn't even know were out there. Awesome. So I kind of, yeah, so I just started absorbing information. And then not too long after that, I found out about the lifestyle and I just really started to embrace that this might be something that or some sort of relationship or, or maybe just even sexual. I was, really wasn't sure at first that might really be me. So the first group I found was the lifestyle. It's internationally probably one of the best connected social networks for sex subcultures that there is. And there's people within the lifestyle that are poly too. But since then, I've experimented with swinging. I've experimented with um, polyamory, too. So that's like dating more than one person at once. And it completely opened up (laughs) my mind to new possibilities. And then I started exploring and just really discovering who I was and owning it. It was a really beautiful change for me. So that's kind of how I got started. And right now I'm dating two couples and I was dating two singles, but now it's just
2: um, kind of down to the two couples. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we want to ask you about those scenarios.
0: Yes, we will get into that. Yeah, in a little bit. <laughs> Let's
2: do something right now that is a favorite segment amongst our listeners. Okay. Oh, I
0: know what that is.
2: It's called the Leatherbound Perverted Dictionary. And I have it right here. Yes, I right. like it. <laughs> Leather
1: binding—they're definitely oh, my thing, it so is. I like them.
2: <laughs> this is a text that has words in it, but it's we're going to so get thick. help from our illustrious guest that actually knows what she's talking about. Right. Because we read stuff <laughs> and we make guesses and we give examples, right? But when it comes to polyamory, she's the only one that could answer this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sweetie, yes. introduce yeah. the word.
0: So the word of the day is polyamory, and Pollyanna please help us understand the definition. What does polyamory mean? How would you define it? And what are some of the key terms that you might hear thrown around when people are talking about polyamory, like paramour, metamore? because we want to get a good understanding before we get into the rest of the show.
1: Sure. So polyamory is something that's been around actually for a while, but it's a hot word and topic now because people are just starting to learn about it and uh, maybe think about it. Its origin is back actually in the 1960s. There was this pagan couple actually still with us today, and they have, I think they're living with their girlfriend, and their names are Oberon and Morning Glory. So, Morning Glory came up with the name because she and then kind of others in their group that were experiencing relationship in this new way wanted to give a name to this wonderful new experience that mm-hmm. they were having. Yeah. So, she put two words together poly meaning many, and then amor or more meaning love. Nice.
0: So let's get into that a little bit deeper because I think people, they tend to look at relationships through that lens of traditional monogamy. And then when they get into the lifestyle, they might start with swinging and it's just about sex, but there's nothing beyond like the physical act. So talk to our listeners a little bit about how you handle, like, how do you have multiple relationships? Is it just, do you have love feelings for them? Is it just an emotional connection? What is the difference between polyamory and swinging? Because you've experienced both sides.
1: Yeah. So whether within the swinging circles or like outside, like people from the more monogamous mindset or uh, traditional monogamy, one of the common misconceptions that I come across is that basically polyamorous people, maybe want to have their cake and eat it too or have trouble with committing or (laughs) something like that. Um, (laughs) But really, for me, the self-discovery came where I knew that this was truly me and I owned it the first time that I experienced loving two people at the same time. So that's just kind of how I explain it is my heart is built to want to, to long to, and to be able to love more than one person at once. Got it. That's awesome. And I
0: actually love your name, Pollyanna. It's so interesting. How did you come up with that?
1: So I didn't. <laughs> I have a, a really okay. amazing <laughs> group of friends, but my best friend, the one that's been with me the longest, um, she's what's ca- we call Vanilla, and she, but she's an advocate. She's always been an advocate for um, gay rights, and and so she and I, she's been very close with me in my journey throughout this, and mm-hmm. she's been very supportive of this process. So when I was first kind of thinking about doing a podcast she came up with a name. She said, well, you're Polly and you're very optimistic about pretty much everything. Silver <laughs> linings everywhere. <laughs> okay, <laughs> So you should be Pollyanna. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was a really smart choice for sure. So I just, I took that idea and I made it my own. And you just talked about your podcast real quick. Let's get into that. You yeah. call
0: your podcast Sexploration with Pollyanna. So what is Sexploration? And talk
1: to us about your show. So that again, kind of came from conversations with friends. I feel like sex can be this, life itself really can be this beautiful adventure. And especially when you're open to kind of really being yourself. And so that's when when I started exploring sex sub- subcultures, learning more, embracing all the different aspects of who I was. It really felt like an adventure. So I think that that's really kind of why I, I gravitated toward that term for my podcast. Mm-hmm. Because even if you're just considering or uh, widening your, like expanding your boundaries, or just kind of just learning about things, and maybe even putting action to um, that education. It really is kind of all this exploration.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. What made you decide to start doing a podcast about polyamory?
1: Well, for me, it was kind of like, I guess the podcast equivalent of fan literature. Um, I, <laughs> I am a big fan of so many voices out there, like, you know, shows like yours, or documentaries that are out there—they just really inspired me to go on this transformational personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I—and how much that helped me. And then also seeing how little is out there. Like there's some out there, but when it comes to like a single voice, mm-hmm. I just really struggled finding that. So I kind of thought this might be a good outlet for me, and maybe that would kind of fill a gap for single people out there that want to explore on their own. So that kind of was what started it, and it's just grown into this tremendously wonderful experience that I never could have
2: imagined. Yeah, podcasting is a great thing, especially you're giving back and Mm -hmm. listening into your episodes. Not only is your audio quality very good. Yes. It's superior to most shows that we listen to. Sure. But also, your content is pretty damn amazing. So you're teaching stuff. You're talking about your journey, but you're also throwing in those key details, the key words. Hey, guys, if you're brand new, this is what you're going to experience. Watch out for this. This is how you can avoid potential drama. This is what uh, the typical situation is. So how often do you post episodes?
1: Um, I do it weekly right now, but actually, that's about to change. I'm going to start to do two a week. I'm only like at 10 episodes in, and I'm already doing a (laughs) spinoff. Oh, okay. So, um, Ooh, can and you so that talk kind about it? came out of necessity. Yeah. So that kind of came out of necessity. So I loved how collaborative, I wanted the whole process to be collaborative from the start. It really has been, mm-hmm. but it just kind of, I, I, I'm having all these amazing conversations with people asking questions, these exchanges, and I hate that no one else is getting to experience that. <laughs> that no one else is getting to benefit from, right just these amazing conversations that are happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to be doing is I'll do a second show on Thursdays when I put it out, Yeah. but that'll be like the after show is what I think I'm going to call it. Um, but that's going to be starting next week. So that's going to be after I've done my topic for the week of those great conversations that always naturally happen right after that's what you're going to hear on the after show.
2: I like it.
0: So will you have people live
1: on your show on your spinoff? You know, I haven't found anyone willing yet to
2: (laughs) (laughs) go on 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 the record. record.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but hopefully soon I, I, um, I'm going to start having guests on. There's this local guy here who owns yoga studios and he's really into kind of the ancient art of sexuality, which I find so interesting. So like tantric sex Mm -hmm. and he just, he has so many great things to bring to the table. So I know it's kind of like an ancient base of knowledge, but maybe the yogi in me is what really wants me to have him on. And then I think it would be great to have personal stories eventually, but I don't know. I haven't quite decided if that's the path we'll take on.
2: Yeah, you're doing a great thing because I think people forget that throughout history, if you read any ancient texts, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sexuality based. Yes. I mean, the reason why we're all here is because people (laughs) fuck. And so I think it's kind of nice that you can tap into that. You know, people talk about the kundalini, the energy, the chakras, the energetic exchanges. And not to get too woo-woo with our audience that want to hear about, you know, the vagina and everything else. (laughs) But there is a, a... a deep spiritual connection when you are being penetrated or penetrating. Oh my God. And yeah. it is a wonderful thing. And it's that borderline between, dude, am I just having a quick sexual encounter or mm-hmm. is it okay to feel, ah, uh,
0: like. Gaze
2: into this person's eyes. So we've heard you say poly swing. Yes. And what do you mean by poly swing? And did you coin that or was it something that you read someplace? What is poly swing?
1: It kind of just fell out of my mouth during one show, like in the middle of an episode. (laughs) It just kind of came out. (laughs) <laughs> and um and i was like yeah i like that i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep going with that yeah. so yeah i kind of started socializing in the swing circles and my first concept was that i was polyamorous before that but i i just really identify with labels and i and i've met a lot of other people that feel that same way too um historically though it seems like with certain sex subculture groups especially the ones that are the most similar it's kind of a oh that's them and and we're us sort of feeling right. and um and those gaps are starting to be bridged for sure. And I, to me, I feel like embracing a term like that and kind of encouraging others to as well if they feel that they identify with that too, because we have so much in common. We really should um, just acknowledge and celebrate that for sure. So for me, I definitely feel like I identify with equally both, um, both of those sex cultures for sure. So that's why I say I'm polyswing. swing.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that because I believe that there's been kind of not a beef between swingers and people who live The polyamorous lifestyle, but
2: in in the lifestyle in general, everyone is kind of borderline. Are you fluid? Are you this? And your gender. Exactly. So, just in general.
0: Yeah. In general, people, I think, have a fluid sexuality or sexual interests because you might connect with this couple if you're a swinger and you meet this awesome couple. And you connect with them, you develop a bond and a friendship that can last over a really long time. And how do you not start to develop strong feelings of affection for these amazing people that you also have amazing sex with and share physical intimacy and you know you talk about your lives? So I do believe that people generally are fluid between swinging and polyamory.
2: A lot of crossover, for sure.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, they can be. And then life's an organic thing; it's it's a journey. So I'm a big person to believe in evolution over time. Yes. And you can evolve as a couple, you can evolve as an individual. There may, may be a period in your life where you kind of gravitate toward one thing or another. Sure. Um, you know, I might wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm not polyamorous anymore. I'm just, it's just not an expression. Of, I'm not going to happen. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. at least I don't think it will. But, you know, that's, that's the fluidity that you're talking about there is that, and it's a beautiful thing to be open to experiencing more and exploring yourself and, and the possibilities there. That's how I got to be where I am today. And boy, am I happy today. So I think that um, I think that, you know, once you kind of start to explore, I think that that's probably why we see crossover like that happen in sex subcultures, because once you've kind of opened yourself up in one way, other things seem so much more possible.
0: Yeah, no, I totally hear that. So as a single female, what is that like for you in the lifestyle and being polyamorous?
1: Well, it was a big journey for me, for sure, at first, because I am actually naturally incredibly shy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just didn't really have a strong voice. Um, but as a single person, you really have to be strong in voice and in self with your boundaries, with knowing what they are, with standing for them, because you don't have anyone to a partner to bounce that off with. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm dating someone and I'm going to an event with them, then I've got, you know, the person that is there to couple with me, to kind of watch my back if needed. But what I really had to learn fast that wasn't really within my nature, if I'm being honest, was to use, just have and use a really strong voice, which is always something I kind of should have had anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I found that, I just really came into my stride as a single. So I think it's really, we can worry about being appealing and and, and not, you know, wanting to say no to someone and and hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. But really, you have to stay true to yourself. It's really important. And there's no rush for a good experience. Like if you're not quite sure about connecting with somebody or yeah. with a couple, then why rush it? Take your time. Think about it. And so that's kind of usually the advice I give to single people or newly single people that are coming into the lifestyle or considering it is just, you know, there's no rush for a good thing. It's going to yeah. still be here tomorrow. So...
0: Yes, there's always tomorrow and there is always someone else that is willing to help you explore your sexual side.
2: I like that she said, don't rush it. Yeah. It's going to come organically. Don't push situations. Yeah. You will attract the people who you vibe with the most yes. who have similar values and who want what you're looking for and who can give you what it is maybe that you're lacking or what you're craving in someone else.
0: Right. Yeah. And yeah. And earlier you mentioned you were dating two couples. So yeah. Yeah. tell us a bit about what's that setup like? I mean, is...
2: How'd you meet them?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. <are> really lucky. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. How'd no, you meet I, them? Like, are you equally do you have feelings equally for the man and the woman or just the man or the woman? And is there a favorite couple? Or is there like a hierarchy? It's a
2: joint custody, yeah. <laughs> like a child arrangement. Right. Or, you, know, you get right, You get yeah. one weekend over you here, get you half
0: the week, Monday through Wednesday. Yeah, talk
2: know. to us about the setup and the typical yeah. scheduling. Who's blocked off on <laughs> Wednesdays or, or
0: calling who, in on the weekend. every other yeah, weekend. Who gets, you know?
2: who gets Fridays. Yeah. We, and we also want to know a little bit about, potential issues. And we'll talk about that as we go along in the episode, but Mm -hmm. avoiding drama and and that type of thing. How do you handle all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Avoiding the emotions that are bound to be there with any human interaction. Sure.
1: Well, um, before I forget to mention, the thing about jealousy is you can never really avoid it um, because it's a natural human emotion. And it's one of those things where you just deal with it together. For sure, and it's going to happen. Everyone experiences it. There's going to be conflict, but the beautiful thing about, I think, swinging in both polyamory is that we've all learned, or we or we need to learn, otherwise we'll pay for it. Yeah. How transparent we and, and how proactive we need to be about communication, and really with that, that really can help address and get through issues like that when they come up, and they will come up. So, for my current situation, we're still in the casual phase, actually. So I wouldn't say we've got you know Tuesdays blocked. <laughs> we're not quite there <laughs> yet, <laughs> but that is kind of how it works. though. Especially if you're like if you're in a primary, so primary is kind of is, is your main relationship within your relationship hierarchy, and so usually that's going to be your husband or your boyfriend, probably that you live with or or girlfriend, of course, um, or you know boyfriends and boyfriends, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any any of those combinations work, and so that's probably the person you're going to spend the primary amount of your time with, but then you'll dedicate time to your other girlfriends or boyfriends or your other lovers, as sometimes people refer to. It would really depend on how things progress. I feel like Mm -hmm. with one couple, um, things are progressing a little faster. Not that that's better or worse, Mm -hmm. but I would be what's kind of considered secondary status either way. So that means that we're not spending, at least for me, and I'm sure for them once we have that conversation, (laughs) it means that we're not going to see each other every day, Um, at least not for a while. We'll probably dedicate one or two days a week. Now, whether it's me with you know, both people in the couple or if it's individual dates, it really just depends on what we grow to. And that does vary from one pod to another. It just really depends on how you grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's like a stronger connection with one person in the couple or the other. But for me, my experience usually is, and again, it just depends. Everything just depends, right? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, yeah, just, I mean, we're human beings. It's everything's an organic experience, but it just depends on, um, on how things go and sometimes it can come in phases like sometimes one connection will be a little stronger and sometimes another will be but for me my connection my relationships with men have a very different feeling than they do when I'm dating a woman with women it's softer and more emotional and tender with men that's when my smart ass side comes out you know we, we, yeah. we're, like, we're just it's a little bit more fiery um, <laughs> yes. and then it can be that way with women too but generally speaking that's kind of my experience so then the nature of how we spend time together what we do can be individual And then when you all come together, then that's a whole different feeling, too. So it just kind of depends what we grow into. But right now, the frequency for us seeing each other is probably about once or twice a month.
0: Okay. And now do the couples know about each other? Like, does one couple know you're dating another couple?
1: They know of each other, but they just don't know each other. Okay.
2: So you it. haven't done a huge puppy pile with everybody.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm totally about that. I'm for that for a sure. Polly poly puppy pile. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think we, again, need to go into that. Both of these couples actually wouldn't identify at this point as poly or even lifestyle. I actually just happened to meet them just in life, just openly saying who I am and sharing that with the world as it comes up. And that kind of actually has been a real door opener for me to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily know. Maybe they didn't even know that they were open to poly until they met somebody who was polyamorous. And it just kind of sounded like something like, oh, wow, well, we do feel a connection with you. We want to get this to try. So that's kind of been what happened with both of these couples.
2: So, wow. okay. So let me, let, me do this. let me do this. I want, <laughs> yeah. to, put, I want to put myself in You'll the scenario yes. where... Let's just say we were open to this and we wanted to involve yeah. a, another dude or a single woman mm-hmm. or another couple. And we wanted to try this more emotional thing, not sure. just, not just sex, sure, not just the sport fuck, right? Right. So did you have an ad? Did you meet them because they were sitting in front of you at church? Uh, were they at <laughs> Starbucks? Mutual well, friends?
1: One couple has been, fr- I've been friends with for quite a while and we met on a dating app actually. A long okay. time ago, like, I don't know, know if it was Tinder or I can't remember. I'm not on any of them anymore. I've I've, I've since shut them all down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. I'm, I'm done with swiping, right? And then the other couple I met through a mutual friend and we were just all out, you know, having dinner and drinks um, all together. It was a girl's night, I think. And I started talking about it and we just kind of met that way.
2: That sounds beautiful, man. So talk to me about yeah. couple number one and you... Pick whoever that is in your head, but <laughs> couple number one, are you attracted more to the dude, to the woman? Do you go on dates only with both of them? Do you see them individually? Do you stay overnight? Yeah. What's but- the situation there?
1: Yeah, well, the staying overnight thing is always something I kind of, you know, leave up to who I'm dating when it's a couple. I feel like I'm very sensitive to established couples and wanting it to kind of be something that's eased into that not moving too fast sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Because there's a preciousness to that dynamic that I don't want to rock their boat. They're letting me on board. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I don't want it to capsize. I want to make sure that things are done smartly. And I think um, also, I'm very very protective of women especially the women I date with a couple so I want to make sure that she sets the pace for that is usually kind of what I look to. So overnight actually usually it seemed to happen more often kind of from the start once the deed starts getting done. Yeah. <laughs> but <nasty>. you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Love it. it yeah, I like the cut.
1: deed. <laughs> <laughs> the deed is a good deed. Yeah. yeah. Um the deed gets but, the seed. yeah and then you can have breakfast the next morning i mean it's kind of a good situation no but um yeah but like staying more than you know one night at a time um not usually
0: okay so but you wouldn't have an all-nighter and then wake up in the morning and then you know kiss goodbye
1: oh absolutely yeah yeah
2: and is it sex all next morning so is it sex all night or is it just hey man we did it once or maybe didn't do it at all are these highly sexual relationships or are they more emotional
1: yeah, sex definitely does happen. And, and emotion does too. It, I, I would say it depends on the person. Like I've met guys that, <laughs> that'll keep going all night and I have to tap out. <laughs> <laughs> and then other experiences where, yeah, I think it just depends on the person. Is
0: it common for you to be with a couple, like one of your couples, and then somebody ends up falling asleep and then you get a little frisky with the other person who's still awake? Is it just pretty fluid like that?
1: It can be, but that's something that you can do or not do. Like it, some some people are not okay with that. Like when we play, we all play together, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that if that happens, it happens because we've discussed it in advance and the green light's been given. So if like two people are still awake and they're still feeling a little little fiery, then you can kind of go for it.
2: So if you wanted to do a girls day spa trip or maybe go do get your nails done or something like that yeah. it would seem that that would be acceptable but what if what if the man mm-hmm. or what if you just wanted to hang out with the male and go to a I don't know an opera or a fancy dinner
1: right
2: are you like, do you an do that date. yeah
1: yeah, I think that that's actually something that in my experience, it's everyone's got to be true to yourself. The, the reason it's hard to answer these questions so specifically is because the beautiful thing about polyamory is it's kind of like a have it your way, like make your own sandwich, sure. order it how yeah. you want. <laughs> right. sure. So it just really depends on the person for sure, the couple. In my experience, and actually my comfort level too, the individual like break, if I'm dating a couple and all three of us are dating... The separating and going kind of separate directions um, and just kind of me going on a date with the husband or boyfriend, depending mm-hmm. on, or the wife and girlfriend as one-on-one is something I like to grow into. Like after we've decided that we're going to get closer to like a commitment level, then kind of start to have the one-on-one things. That's usually something that I don't lead with. But once we get there, it's a really fun experience. But it, it takes time, I think, to develop that kind of trust, especially yeah. when you have put a lot of work, energy, effort, and dedication into a relationship. You introduce somebody new, that's kind of testing the strength of that relationship. And that can be really scary, I think, sometimes.
2: I love it that she's framing it in that way. She's yeah. saying, look, guys, there is no right or wrong. There is no Correct. one way to do this. Right. It's going to depend on the speed of everything and them mm-hmm. and you. Right. So it is a great perspective because for the listener for sure. out there who's thinking, thinking, hey, I love that couple. We've seen them four times already. Right. <laughs> I'm developing some feelings here. Yeah. I would love to see the girl on a hall pass. Exactly. I would love, because there are couples that do the hall pass thing. Yes. Now, is that borderline polyamory? Is that, what is that? So Pollyanna, when do you know that it's more quote unquote polyamory and not just swinging with a good set of friends that you've known for a while? Is there a trigger? Is there a, an agreement, Mm -hmm. meeting of the minds? What typically happens when you say, okay, we're doing this here?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's not one of those things where you sit down and you think to yourself, I'm going to go try being polyamorous. Usually, what happens is it happens naturally, and your heart kind of, I think, is the test for that. So your heart yeah. kind of tells you that you're having feelings for more than one person at once, and not everyone experiences that. So it's something that I think can and 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 maybe you can have your heart be torn and you're not polyamorous. I think you know there's people that have experienced that too. I'm sure. But for me, what really confirmed it for me after having just suspected it was when as I was out there dating and, um, and engaging with people is I was sure that I was experiencing genuine love for more than one person at once. So that can kind of tell you that. I think that the hall pass example kind of makes me think more of like compersion or maybe even cuckold, like where you're okay with other people, with them having their own experience on their own. Sure. Um, to me, that doesn't really indicate polyamory for sure. Okay. And I, I like it. yeah, Yeah, And
2: Follow your heart.
0: Follow your heart. Do what feels good to you. But if you are getting into a situation where it's getting more serious, you just mentioned something about commitment, going to the commitment level. What does that mean to you? You said you're in the casual phase with your couples now, but you could get to a commitment level. Does that mean you would just date that one couple exclusively?
2: Do you move in? Do you do do a
1: live in arrangement? (laughs) I mean, what what does that mean? Um, Yeah. So what happens when you kind of get to the point past Casual, where you kind of want to get things more serious, is you have one of your first of many conversations of relationship hierarchy. So that's a conversation that in poly happens over time. It's a conversation you keep having, especially as you adapt and change. And it's just kind of this really in depth discussion on okay, who is everyone to each other here? How Mm -hmm. is everyone feeling about this? What are our boundaries? What are our rules? What are going to be our norms when that kind of plays into how many days a week are we seeing each other? What kind of dates? What kind of interactions? And that's where the make your own sandwich kind of comes in, because whatever it ends up being is what this group has come together. And decided together in conversation. So, once you kind of have been dating casually and you've decided you, you might want to take it to that next level, then you need to really sit down and get serious and have those start having those relationship hierarchy conversations.
0: Okay. And then when you talk about setting boundaries, you mentioned okay, there could be a frequency like I'm going to see you once a week or I'm going to date you, you know, every other weekend or something. Um, do you also have boundaries about certain intimate acts that you'll only do with one couple versus another or one person versus another? Like, do you save sexual positions or certain sexual? things for one person uh, versus the like other
1: that. <laughs> doggy style is just mine right yeah, <laughs> so, um you know actually there is kind of a, a bit of boundary there sometimes like one really common one that people have is that everyone uses condoms except for maybe this primary connection or so, so kind of access to who uses condoms and to who doesn't mm. um, and then there's also i've heard people that are very sensitive to gifts so you're okay. not allowed to give gifts um okay. to anyone but me sort of thing and if that's really important to you, then bring it up in that relationship hierarchy conversation, even if it's I mean, something that not, not everyone can relate to, even if it's just a temporary rule that you kind of, you know, grow past. Mm-hmm. I've even dated couples too, where the play had to happen all together, or it didn't happen. So there was no like individual play.
2: Pollyanna, since we're having the relationship hierarchy conversation right mm-hmm. now, you with us, I do want gifts from you. <laughs> I'm okay with this. I like you Starbucks. Be showered with gifts, Starbucks gift cards, man. I
1: you know, uh, I'm with, I'm down with the Starbucks. I've got the app, and I do the rewards, and so and order it in advance. Yeah, I love I it, up. love so, it, man. Yeah, we give, can me, do that.
2: give me one of those. I I love that stuff. But <laughs> That's I awesome. that that talk is pretty important. Yeah. it seems that you really have to increase your communication. You know, I did a post the other day on Instagram, and it said. The Swinging Lifestyle is all sales, marketing, and communication. And to Im- improve your results, to improve your success, you really yeah. should get good at marketing yourself and loving yourself mm-hmm. and having a good way to promote yourself with the marketing. Sure. And being able to convey your thoughts through the communication and also your feelings. Yeah. And it's kind of like it might sounds silly to some people, but as a good salesperson, you have to be able to speak someone's language and have them be able to identify those keywords and their primary drivers and the fact that you recognize them and can feed them back to that individual to make them know with a nice biofeedback loop that you are getting what they're saying. Right. And so in a poly arrangement, in a swing arrangement, communication i'm i'm already looking at it that yeah. it has to be super super important definitely uh- Pollyanna, talk to me about the fakers and how to screen out the posers and the fakers who say, Hi, I'm Polly. I want you to be my primary. I wanna I wanna have intercourse with you without a condom. Yeah. or a guy who's cheating who says, We're Polly, but how do you identify these fakers, man, who who are not really in the poly game, mm-hmm. but they're telling you that they are because they want to see you.
1: Oh well. <laughs> well, I definitely um I'm not fast to play. So I'm I'm slow to play for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm a big believer in trust but verify. You know, cuz sometimes yeah. in that this is even true for the lifestyle which overlaps with my social connections with polyamory too. You know, I'll get one half of the couple reach out to me and say, "Oh yeah, we can hang out. This is what's going on. It's for sure good." Right. Okay, that's great. And so, so, usually, what I say to that is, that's awesome. I would love to get together and talk a little bit more. Let me go to a coffee with your wife first. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And catch up with her. Yeah. So, and usually it's fine, but you have to trust but verify for sure. You just, you, I mean, trust and, and hope for the best, yeah. but be sure because you never know. So, can't take that risk. Yeah. You got to
0: put yourself out there a little bit so that you know what you're getting into. But in your situation, you were dating couples. Is that more common for a single female to date a couple or is it more common for couples to date other couples? How does that work in polyamory?
1: You know, it's really hard for me to say because the community is so disconnected. I think everyone's experience is so individual. Mm -hmm. From my experience, I've been approached by a lot of couples. Couples tend to approach me Mm -hmm. (laughs) about dating. So it's um, in the lifestyle, outside of the lifestyle. So it's just kind of my more common fashion. And then with dating single men and single women, it's become difficult at times. I really have to take the time to, not that you know people aren't representing themselves authentically at first, mm-hmm. but I think when I usually start dating people and they're considering it, they haven't yet discovered for themselves how they feel about it, even though they might seem confident about it at first. So what I've kind of learned is that I like to give people time to kind of grow into their own understanding of what they're comfortable with. So we really have those wonderful in-depth conversations, you know, over time, whether it's texting each other uh, about it or, you know, when we're on dates and, and things like that. I really like to not like hammer it into we have to have this conversation sort of thing. No, mm-hmm. just naturally, organically, as it happens, kind of watch and, and help nurture their understanding to unfold. So that's kind of when it comes to getting serious, especially if it's a couple mm-hmm. or a sale that I'm dating that hasn't experienced it before. I like to stay in the casual phase a little bit longer so that they can really think about it. Because the fact of the matter is they're not going to get to see me most of the days of the week because I've got my own life that keeps me busy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I'm dating other people, too. And so and then also, too, they have to get used to the idea of sharing me, sharing not just my body, but my heart and my life with someone else. And that's something that, that I think takes time to really know if you're okay with.
2: Absolutely, I'll share you, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm already <laughs> signing this agreement on the af- on the on affidavit. The
0: affidavit, <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I
2: got my affidavits right here. <laughs> you even have to say affidavit wrong. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, Pollyanna, I am on your Instagram, and it says here, okay. sexploration Exploration with Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. It Says Pollyanna is a hey. bi-poly hyper sapiosexual who believes conversation <laughs> and connections have the power to redefine normal, taking the taboo out of sex subculture. So here's the question of the hour. When you meet someone and they're attractive to you and you want to perhaps consider them for further involvement, whether it's sexual or more emotional. Do you send them to your Instagram page and say, dude, read that, homie? Right. Don't <laughs> don't don't mess with me unless you know what I'm all about. Or typically how is it that you bring up the conversation? And I'm I'm curious to know because I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are too. Right. What are the words that you use? What's the phraseology that you employ to tell these guys, right. dude, this is who I am, take it or leave it type thing? You know, how is it that you present your sexuality and who you are to people when you're meeting them?
1: Yeah, I mean, God, that's a good question. And this is actually something that I've gotten a little bit of criticism and flack from people on who think that bringing it up right away is not a good idea. But I believe representing myself authentically from the start is important because I don't want to waste my time and I certainly don't want to waste anybody else's time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um So if they're not okay with all of, you know, all of my labels that I own so proudly, which are a reflection of who I am, then then they're not going to be okay with dating me. Certainly not long term. Yeah. And I would never start dating some, I mean... If it's a, you know, a swinging situation, that's, of course, we're thinking casual from the start. But if, if we're talking dating, which is what we're talking here with Polly, then I would never start that with somebody that I didn't think had the potential to be long term. So mm. usually I bring it up before the first date, um, or at least certainly on the first date. And I don't just kind of, again, like hammer it like, here's where I am, <laughs> take it or leave it. I kind of like to share my journey and how ex- like a little kind of blurb about my journey, how exciting it was for me. To own and discover who I was and how much I celebrate that, and how much confidence and joy and, and freedom it's brought me, so that they can kind of understand that not only is this who I am, but I'm not going to change who I am because I really like it.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's really important because somebody's going to need to know they're not going to have 100% of your heart and mind when they start dating you eventually. And that's most right. people are not polyamorous. So that's a I huge see- expectation to set from the well, beginning. Difficult thing to contend with, too. Yeah, definitely. What were you going to say, sweetie?
2: No, what I was going to say is that I think most people have the capacity to be polyamorous. Right. Just like we say that most people have the swinger gene DNA embedded in them. Yes. And if they were just to activate it Mm -hmm. and come to terms with their significant other and say, hey, this is what I'd love to do. This is what I'd love for you to do. Explore and experience maximum sexual pleasure. Yes. The way we're designed to feel with all our pleasure senses. And I'd like us to both experience this. I think mm-hmm. you can activate that swinger gene just like you can activate your poly, I don't know, poly DNA or whatever right. you want to call it. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, we're highly sexual beings sure. and there are some sensors in our body. Some of them have no real function other than to make us feel good. I mean, yeah. you know, so <laughs> the clit doesn't open doors. You understand? Right. I mean, I do understand that. It could ring a doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at your front door. You can ring my bell. Pollyanna, we're broadcasting from the tree outside your bedroom window. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm looking at you right now. You You look great.
0: In the shadows, You look great.
2: Um, Go go ahead, sweetie. I didn't mean to interrupt you because you were going to ask her something really important. And again, I come in with something stupid. So forgive me. Go ahead.
0: It's Okay. It's all good. I was going to ask you, Pollyanna, do you consider yourself a unicorn? I mean, is that a label you would use to describe yourself?
1: You know, unicorn is this funny um, caricature that kind of was created in the the lifestyle where I think, what did it originally refer to? I think it was bisexual women, right? That were single. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of this thing where it kind of seems to also describe all these different other categories. I like unicorns. What's not to like about them? They're mystical creatures. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I'll take it for sure. But yeah, so I don't usually go for, yeah, hey guys, I'm a unicorn. I just kind of describe myself. Hey, I'm I'm a single polyamorous person that swings. Okay.
2: I love it. Fair enough. <laughs> I, okay, so tell me when am I supposed to add my poly girl to my American Express card? Cuz I want to avoid that. <laughs> when, when do you All know bad. when yeah. do you know that someone is, hey, let's move in? Yeah. And here's the basis for that question. I'm curious to know if you're going to take a vacation with a couple, the typical arrangements. Do you have your own room? Do you just get two-bedded room? Is there one big bed? Are you snorkeling together? Are you doing Mm -hmm. this stuff? And do you actually take vacations with couples, you as an individual and maybe your poly friends that you've heard of, in terms of who's bankrolling this? The gentleman's bankrolling Mm -hmm. it? is the uh, individual chick coming in and just being absorbed into this couple that's already doing things. And of course they're going to buy extra tickets. I mean, I don't think it's expected that a woman would buy her. That'd be silly. It's like you're dating someone. It's like, of course. But um, the question is, I I thought it was a bit funny because the whole thing about the, adding an authorized user, user to your credit card. <laughs> yeah. It's always been a little funny because I demand my play partners to have a good FICO score.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And that,
1: yeah. so I'm That's curious, good, yeah, right?
2: I'm curious about the vacation thing and do you go on vacations with people and typically how do the accommodations work and all that good stuff?
1: I love sharing a vacation experience with friends or with a couple that I'm dating. And, you know, to me more in the bed, the merrier. <laughs> yeah. So usually, usually beds are shared. Um, or sometimes I'll have my own hotel room. And as for who pays for it, it kind of is, you know, sometimes I'll pay completely for myself. Sometimes it'll be half and half. It kind of has kind of always varied. I know there's a lot of um, single. Apparently, there's this phenomenon out there where single girls are getting everything paid for. That's not been my experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I definitely have had um, have experienced um, generosity here and there from friends, you know, because I'm a single mom. And so I don't always have the money to always go on big vacations. So it's been, you know a time or two where I said, you know, I can't really go. Maybe in a few months, check in with me and let me know what you're doing. And I'll have a friend or a couple say, well, you know what? We'll get it this time. We want to see you. So that has happened. It's not as frequent and I'm always so grateful for it, but it's always fun. I love traveling with friends or with a couple, whether we're dating or whether it's just more casual. Yeah. Because usually vacations are an even more fun experience if you can share them.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then you create awesome memories.
1: Oh, yeah. And amazing sex, too. And so that's always
2: good. (laughs) Yeah. And exotic (laughs) locations. Right, yeah, right.
1: On the beach.
2: So are you able to share a vacation destination that you've gone on with a couple?
1: Yeah. Well, the most recent one was I went to Las Vegas, which isn't that far. That's great. Um, Vegas is Arizona, And it was the most amazing event. It was the fetish and fantasy ball. We were so there, you, there that have weekend. Have been to that one? Oh, yeah. We haven't been to that. We didn't
2: go to the event, but we were on site at the incredible. Hard Rock. Yeah. And we, uh, yeah, we had a meet and greet the night before on Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Oh, so you were there this last yeah, we, in, um, right before we, oh, yes We did a, a
2: listener incredible. party.
1: Um. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: there was, um, you know, roaming animal people that were all sex. It was, it was one of my favorites. So that so was cool. really fun to oh, okay. experience that weekend with them. But I've been to, gosh, where if I, you know, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm blanking here. I haven't had enough <laughs> coffee today. But um, Jamaica was probably the furthest I've ever been. Oh. Cancun is another place I've been a couple of times. Mm. So it just... Um, I love tropical. What's not to like about tropical? <laughs> so were Jamaica... Was Jamaica the...
0: Did you go to Hito and then in Cancun, was it Desire, the resorts?
1: Uh, yeah. So Hedonism 2 in Jamaica. Um, I kind of decided to go last minute and got a ticket and joined. And then in Desire... Um, yeah. So Desire was in Cancun. But they have mm-hmm. another resort. I think it's Pearl. So we kind of went to both, I think, when we were there. Look
2: oh, Look at you. Nice. So you joined a couple... <laughs> At all nude resorts,
1: yes, that's amazing. (laughs) That's so much
0: fun. Why not, right? Oh, that's no lucky you. (laughs) I know
2: you are lucky. I Uh, mean, you're getting a great experience with people that you care about, and you're happy with, and you're comfortable with, and. I'm sure the uh, the feeling is just amazing when you're there all together, man. I right. That's so attractive. That is cool. I love, it. especially <laughs> you get a girl like Pollyanna. Yeah, sweetie, you looked at her Instagram, right?
0: Uh huh. I did. You
2: know, when I think Polly, when I think about polyamorous person, yes. And this is again, I'm going to sound a little ridiculous because you got to remember, we're not real seasoned in the lifestyle. Right. Yeah, sure, we know we're street smart, whatever. Yeah. But again, we're not ten years into this thing. Exactly. So when I heard polyamorous, okay, where are you into this? What's that?
1: How many years have you guys been? in? Two years. We're
2: two years. <laughs> We've uh, been married. Oh. Ma- yeah, married for 13. Yes. And then, uh, you know, two years ago, we started yeah. fantasizing heavily and then we started doing stuff mm-hmm. and it's been amazing.
0: It's been so much fun. Yeah. Um, and then, you know it's been really cool exploring how our fantasies went live and how we've started evolving in our own exploration. So I could see how people that want to explore polyamory can evolve and change from the type of relationship dynamic that they want to experience, whether they would go on a vacation or not and do a weekend with a couple. Because when I heard about people that, had, you know, people that were swingers, but, you know, the guy had a girlfriend on the side and, or the girl saw this other man, she called her boyfriend regularly. I never thought that that would be possible. I'm like, oh, no way. Yeah. It's oh, it used to freak you no. out. Yeah. yeah. It used to scare me. Same here. But now that we've gotten more comfortable with our place in the lifestyle and our play style, I would, you know, my husband has mentioned this before too, that we would be open to a poly type of relationship.
2: Yeah. With the right people. Yes. Right. Yes. With the right, um, uh, Nice quality couple, right. perhaps a nice wholesome couple, yeah. maybe not the couple that is at the swing club every weekend fucking three different people, yeah. right? Every right. night. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's
2: cool. And we love the naked and ready couples. We, we admire that, yeah, especially absolutely. the couples that don't get out very often. So when they do, they want to let mm-hmm. loose. But here's what I was going to say earlier about the polyamory thing. Okay. When I first heard that term, <laughs> I remember going online. Uh and looking at articles and I remember (laughs) thinking dude this is so confusing meta, triad, this and then the pictures that they would use, the stock photographs of these individuals uh-huh. where the girl kind of stocky woman with extreme bangs purple hair um oh, oh right do you know what i'm saying yeah, and yeah, then, yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah. i don't think i've seen those photos but uh, that's that's funny pollyanna but do you know what i'm mystery.
2: talking about like the typical queer looking girl with the uh extreme bangs and the uh, wild hair and the shaved this is what they were showing me online yeah so i remember thinking polyamory I don't know, man, I mean women are wonderful, and I'm sure I'd Absolutely. have a wonderful time with her, but she would not be my number one choice right and if this is polyamory, and if this is the type of person I'm gonna be encountering, mm-hmm. hey, uh, let yeah. me just stick to the swinging, swinging. part of thing, right, yeah. but now that I, you know you realize, yeah. um, how blinded I was in the beginning, right. how silly it was mm-hmm. for me to think that, hey, just because this particular sex expert or quote unquote you know, doctor of sexology just because mm-hmm. they have this extreme bangs. Yeah. Just because they don't seem like they're, you know, really taking care of their body. And then you take a look at the shows on TV. Yes. You have the shows with the people in England and the people out in Washington with the mm-hmm. communes. Yes. And their teeth are like yellow to gray. Right. And they live together with it. <laughs> Pollyanna, do you know what I'm talking about? The typical I image? Do. What, yeah, what's up I with that? that?
1: I think that there's a poly person for every fashion choice, for sure. But yeah. there's definitely this kind of like general image that's come out that people kind of i don't know if that's just what it's been like you said put on stock photos or publicized all documentaries and where it's kind of this very and when you think about being an open-minded free thinker of course it makes sense that maybe somebody that kind of dresses a little bit more free thinker kind of i guess modern day hippie kind of style with you know fun hair organic clothing it kind of makes sense that they would be like in a commune uh, the type of people in a commune for polyamory but um but i think that that's just kind of you know i there's Whenever we have stereotypes, we usually have images associated with those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Certainly, that's true for swingers. Like yeah. people sure. hear swingers, and you know what image comes to their mind? What you did, what did like you? Bulkies. He-
2: hey, tell me, what did all you those, think about for swingers? What images came to your head early on when you heard the term swingers?
1: Um, you know, I what, what did I think? I, I think probably the same thing, like like sweaty bodies, unshaven, <laughs> like because like, I had I but I had very little exposure sure. to, to anything you know, outside of the Christian conservative box. Yeah. So I didn't even really know where my mind would go. <laughs> right. But as soon as I started to think about it, I liked where my mind was going. So it, it didn't take me very long, I don't think, to break down whatever uh, bad images I had of it and jump on board.
2: So you realized it wasn't all mullets and that's harleys. I, I
0: know, that's what I thought, mullets. <laughs> was that a thing, mullets?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm going to grow one out, dude. No. I'm going to do a little rat tail. <laughs> no. Right Pollyanna, I want to ask you a very serious question. Okay, and it has to do with your religious upbringing. How did you handle the religious guilt or the mm. the feelings of what am I doing here? Being that you know we're taught certain things, we came from a highly religious background ourselves. How did you deal with that? I mean, how did you come to terms and say, "Hey, man, this is cool. I'm going to do this."
1: Yeah, so growing up, I kind of had indications of things of my sexual nature. Like as you kind of grow up and mature, like the first one I can think of is my junior high volleyball team. There was a girl who made me feel so funny, like super tingly and just really confused. <laughs> yeah. But my, from my religious upbringing, my response to that, because I immediately knew that it was kind of like, it felt like an attraction thing and I felt intense shame. But I also felt like my brain or my body was broken or maybe cursed or maybe I hadn't prayed enough or maybe right. I let Satan in by breaking the rules too many times. Right. So it kind of turned into this mantra in my head of, constantly making the wrong choices and being a bad person yeah that's probably what took me so long as kind of open yeah i mean i had a lot of gay friends in high school and it never i never still never felt comfortable or confident enough in myself and my feelings and my inclinations to consider that i was bisexual and own it i really started owning it in my late 20s Mm -hmm. um, and then finally experienced being with a woman at the end of my twenties and just knew immediately like, Oh my gosh, what took me so long? But I really yeah. did think that there was something evil within me or something wrong with me because I was just, maybe just cause I, I was raised, I was certainly raised to think that homosexuality was sin. That's point blank. What I was told growing up. Yeah, All sure.
2: of us.
0: Yeah. Sure. I mean, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school all my life and I kind of suppressed that side of myself that wanted to experience women because I'm straight and I'm in a traditional relationship. That's right. Damn it. We don't go out or it's sinful. You know, you got to go to confession and all that. But you know, once you're following your heart and you realize that it's okay because the other person's okay with it and there's mutual respect and agreement there, then you're not going to go to hell just because you're enjoying your life and being true to yourself.
2: Only the priest can touch you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's Only- going to heal you. <laughs> Only the priest can diddle, you know, boys and girls, great. right?
2: <laughs> I'm going to finger heal you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So you just talked about your first female experience. So are you more attracted to, to women now or men? I mean, what type of people are you attracted to? Executives like the rugged cowboy types or bad girls, bad boy types? Um, no, definitely not
1: bad boy types. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like actually a variety, like a rainbow of personalities I tend to be attracted to. Mm-hmm. Usually it's people that are sincere. I think confidence is something I, there, so there's characteristics I gravitate toward, uh, which archetype I tend to go to the most, can come in phases, like sometimes I'll go through like an alpha male phase, sometimes I'll go through a beta male phase when it comes to you know just kind of these different personalities. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling, but it also really for me depends too on the dynamic that I already have nourishing my heart. so if I'm dating someone who's an mm, alpha, yeah, I'm not probably not going to look for another alpha guy because I've already kind of got that going on right, and then I might find myself alpha overwhelmed <laughs> sure so yeah, so it just I think it depends on what the temperature is at the time. That makes
2: sense. Yeah. So if someone is trying to attract you at a party and they realize, oh, dude, that's Pollyanna right there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let me put
2: on my character. I'm
0: gonna make a move of
2: the nerdy <laughs> guy,
0: yeah.
2: or the the rugged guy, or the guy on the motorcycle, or the guy who's successful. You know, let me put on my character so that I can best attract her. Well, they're gonna lose. Yeah. Because they
1: are gonna you, lose. You don't. His you don't know. Authenticity is my main thing.
2: Right. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I love if somebody's it. just if the, somebody is, I mean, because I feel like you can tell when somebody's coming up to you, yeah, and they're putting on a special swagger, and that turns me off right away. And I mean, I'll be, I'll be nice to someone like that, but I'm all, I'm just immediately not very attracted. But the people that come up to me and are genuinely and sincerely, however they are, yeah. whoever they are, genuinely, and we can have a real conversation, mm-hmm. to me, that's like so much more attractive for sure.
0: Yeah. So if you do meet a person or a couple like that, that's genuine and catches your attention and you know you kind of catch the feels for are you prepared to play on the first date with them or do you like to take it slow with everybody
1: you know that can happen it's usually kind of rare so one of my many chosen labels i've got a, a whole little bag of them yeah. <laughs> that i carry around with me is sapiosexual so what that means for me is that in order to you know get my downstairs business really excited about what's going on i have to really feel like I have a sense of the person mm-hmm. and who they are. And so if that can happen in a few hours or, um, you know, at one event, and I mm-hmm. really feel a strong connection, then that then it might happen. Usually people take a little bit longer than that to kind of let their walls down. And I really, I feel like I, I mean, hey, go with the flow, go with the moment if it feels right. Yeah. Even if I don't have that connection, you know, it happens sometimes. But selfishly, for me, I get the highest level of pleasure if I have had that connection first. Right. Connection of friendship and understanding. Yeah, definitely.
2: I think it's more meaningful. Oh, uh, sure. At least for us. At least that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. It's a more meaningful situation when you're able to interact at a different level. It's not just like, "Hey, what are you drinking? Vodka. Me too. You want to go let's get go, naked? Let's go fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of we vodka? Have so much in common. <laughs> yeah, you're here. I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> We're both conscious currently. Let's do this, dude. So, oh. yeah.
0: so, what have been your experiences with like play styles? Do you consider yourself pretty typical, or have you experimented with like BDSM? Do you know anything about that world?
1: Oh, God, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's something that I don't share with everyone mm-hmm. um, because I so I'm a, I like power play. I love power play and I love kink and playing around with toys. So with, when it comes to like the kink stuff and playing around with toys, I feel like, you know, that's easier for me to pair with other partners. But the power play part of the things is something that I have a very limited experience on because for me, I need to build up a lot of trust and have a really well grounded connection and relationship with the person I'm giving power to. So yeah. um, as much as I love that one, like that was one of the, you talked about Kundalini before and, yeah. and mm-hmm. kind of the ancient art of sexuality. So people, a lot of people feel like when they explore these ancient arts that it like opens up their soul. That's kind of how I felt with power play and submission. The first time I experienced it, like I'd always liked sex, but like I felt like my soul had been touched. i <laughs> just like, mm. wow, that really cuts through through the core of, like who I am. Wow. Um, it's beautiful. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's not all who I am, but it really, really moved me. So that's definitely something that I love about me and love that I discovered. But I would say in bed, I'm very, very passionate, but I'm more like receptive to who I'm playing with. So some women or even men are kind of, you can just have like a natural, softer touch. They want the more gentle experience. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what I naturally do or try to do instinctively is just to like let my body kind of just dance with theirs. That's so cheesy, but you know, like just yeah. kind of feel the other person's vibe and just let things kind of unfold naturally. So that I would say was, is my play style. I like the intensity, love breath play. It's one of my favorite things. I love a good smack on the ass. <laughs> hey, harder what, do you, the better.
0: what do you mean by breath play?
1: So it's something that you definitely need to be careful with for sure because um you need to know what you're doing. So basically that's like erotic asphyxiation.
2: Oh shit. It's
1: okay. easier to say breath play, that's why I yeah, say that. it's a nice <laughs> nice way of X saying the other yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, so that might be, um, you know, sometimes people, I think, I've never used like a rope or anything, but Mm -hmm. I've heard that some people do that, but I just like a man's hands around my neck, you know, when we're in a passionate moment Yeah, and it doesn't have to be full breath restricted. It can Mm -hmm. just be just the pressure of it sometimes is enough.
2: That's right. The possibilities are there, but they're not trying to hurt you. Yeah. You know, the whole thing about Kundalini and all that stuff. It's a beautiful thing like you were saying uh, cosmic dance with someone mm-hmm. that you're experimenting with yes. uh, no matter what play you're doing
1: I like that cosmic dance
2: right yeah i like to just pretend i know what i'm talking about even though i may not <laughs> so let's just say that i want to put my kundalini on your yoni and <laughs> and put gentle pressure a in there pressure. until yeah. it gets an until an oops moment arrives uh, <laughs> But man, Ugh. you are—that's
1: well, a good pickup line, right there. It
2: is, right? This is what I want to do. Yeah. You should
1: try it. Yeah, that would get me talking. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, look, we've covered a lot. We've yes. covered some great areas, but one thing that I'm still thinking about mm-hmm. as we begin to, you know, wrap up the conversation, sure. and I think that's something that's very important for a lot of the people that are looking to experiment with polyamory and more of the emotional connection side of things mm-hmm. is avoiding drama scenarios. Uh, Yeah. How do you deal with it? How do you avoid it? What do you put in place in terms of safeties so that you can escape quickly or you can diffuse drama situations? So, Pollyanna, what are the biggest areas of drama within the poly lifestyle, and how can you fix things? How can you mend things? I don't want to say avoid things because you do yeah. want to confront situations, sure. but how do you anticipate potential drama and deal with it? Yeah.
1: Well, I think sometimes it's hard to anticipate that because drama is attached to feelings, right? And sometimes you don't know how something's going to make you feel until you're already there. Yeah. So certainly, I think checking in with each other is really important. That's one thing that I. I do a lot is I just check in like maybe sometimes even over check in (laughs) (laughs) but I'd rather do that and be sure about how you're feeling give you lots of opportunities and also one thing I usually say too is okay one of the tools I use is I kind of repeat back okay so I'm hearing that you're feeling this way Mm -hmm. and I end with giving them the opportunity that they're welcome to change their mind so that's all tied to really open fluid good communication frequent communication being considerate and if you're not sure about how how somebody's going to feel about something then wait wait And have the conversation, even if you're pretty sure that it's going to be okay. you would rather, I think, be considerate of somebody's heart and their feelings. Right. And that's something that you have to be considerate of in any relationship, but certainly in polyamory, because there's more hearts at play. Yes. There's more opportunities to have missteps.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, and I know you have feelings for the people that you're dating. And so you will tend to lean on them emotionally for support too. But if you have an issue with a couple or if a drama does come up with a couple, do you also talk about it with another couple you're dating? Do you lean on that person for emotional support and say, Hey, how should I handle this?
2: Yeah. Do they know about each other? Yeah. And do you, or is that a big no-no?
0: Right.
1: You know, I wouldn't necessarily. <sighs> I wouldn't say that that's a no-no for sure. In terms of, like you said, when you're dating somebody, you kind of, if you have issues, you bring it up, you know, and you mm-hmm. and you talk through it. As long as it's not in the spirit of, oh, guess what they did, and like, and and creates animosity. As mm-hmm. long as it's kind of an honest telling of how things are going, just to kind of talk it through and get advice, I think that it can actually be really helpful. Usually, I don't really lean on other partners to talk about my issues with other partners. I feel mm-hmm. like if I really needed to talk to somebody about it, I have my group of my two closest best friends that I'm not dating. And then I can bounce ideas off of them, I respect their opinion, and I know it stays just between us. I feel like for me that's a healthier choice because you're especially if you kind of have like sometimes one person will be dating a couple and then one person from that couple is dating one person from the other couple. And so when you get these mm-hmm. mixes that are very kind of woven into each other, it can get difficult. But if you're having trouble communicating with your partners and you just feel like you need advice, why not seek relationship counseling? There's counselors out there that specifically specialize in these complex type of relationships. Okay, So really, that's probably the best option instead of playing this game of telephone with a bunch of different people.
0: And then I imagine, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you are experiencing drama with a couple or one half of a couple, do you always sit down with everybody and talk about it together?
1: Yeah, I think that that can be relevant for sure, depending on what the issue is. If it's something that affects everyone, yes. Or I think just to consider who it affects for sure. If it's something that's going to change the relationship, then absolutely. Everyone needs to be aware of what all of the relationship hierarchy is, be part of the conversation. Even if it's a secondary connection Mm -hmm. or a um, third dairy or tertiary Mm -hmm. (laughs) connection, everyone deserves to have the knowledge. And even if they don't have the final say, the opportunity to say how they feel about something.
0: Right. And then if there is something that you can't resolve, like what's a common example of a relationship ender? Like when you've broken up with a couple, what have been some of the reasons? Is it the somebody stops respecting the boundaries you've set in place? Does somebody start to feel really jealous or envious or feel that they're not being treated fairly and they can't get past that? Also,
2: can I just jump in here? Yeah, please. Um, In general, Pollyanna, you don't have to talk about a past relationship necessarily, but in general, what are some of the typical relationship enders out there. I just right. don't want her to feel that she yeah. might talk about someone else. Exactly. We're curious about what are the things that typically uh,
1: that happen that, yeah. that
2: create tension and end relationships?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the common thing that I usually hear is people just grow apart or maybe they'll just kind of, I mean, there's certain things that cause issues commonly. Jealousy is one of them and certainly rule breaking. Rule breaking is connected to trust. If you have somebody that's in the relationship that keeps breaking the rules, Then it's just the trust gets broken down to a point where Mm -hmm. it'll eventually get to a point where you can't recover from it. So certainly that's one, too. But I think the most common thing that I hear from people who are poly and going through a breakup or considering a breakup is that we've grown apart.
0: Okay, so like the spice is
1: gone. It's hard to... Oh, just emotion- Usually, emotionally growing apart. Okay. That
2: sounds like most of my kick chats.
0: We, <laughs> right. They we, just fade. We
2: grow apart after a couple interactions. Right. <laughs> I suck at Polly.
0: We break up every day.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah. Pollyanna, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun in the lifestyle. You're doing some great things, having amazing experiences with some wonderful people, it sounds like. Yeah. Now, you've been there, done that with the married situation, the married mm-hmm. life. And do you see yourself exploring a married situation in the future, or do you think you're just a free spirit, you're wanderlust, and you're poly all the way forever? What you know, are you thinking?
1: I, he- I heard this really cool term recently called marriage anarchist, and <laughs> they're people that just meet that they're <laughs> that they're married, and then they are against marriage, that they get divorced because yeah. they're, and, but they're still together. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was such a cool. Way. I think, you know, we all grow up and, you know, we dress up our Barbie doll or I did, dress up your Barbie dolls in bridal gowns. And like, that's the ultimate goal. Right. right. Yes. And now having been I've been there, done that, married, divorced. I'm not opposed to the ring, the party and the dress. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that all sounds great. <laughs> but actually getting legally married again, um I'm not opposed to it, but it's definitely not on my to do list for sure.
0: Yeah. You don't need it to feel fulfilled in a relationship. Right.
1: Oh no! Yeah, again, the jewelry and the party, and a, and a cool dress, and I'd be happy for All sure. Right. <laughs> but we can do that again and again, right? No, exactly. So it's it's hard for me too to get on board, jump on board now that I'm Polly with getting married just to one person again, because in my heart, I would hope that one day there's the opportunity for me to marry more than one person if that's the path I wanted to take. Hmm. And because that's not currently an option, it's, yeah, it's not really something that I'm very drawn to.
2: Yeah, well we just have to go to Mexico and we'll take care of that.
1: <laughs> oh couple, is it legal there? A <laughs> couple
2: bribes to the officials and That's it. you get a stamp a uh, certificate. Look the other way. You're good
1: to go. <laughs> no. hey,
0: I <laughs> hey, would you be open to a live-in arrangement with a couple or you know, maybe a couple singles if you found that connection with them and wanted to take things to the next level, so to speak?
1: You know, it would probably depend on the couple or the individuals for sure. I, you know, I think my, I, yeah, so never say never, but I like having my own space. Sure. <laughs> I'm kind of like weird about where things go. For sure. <laughs> so I want those. Some people are <laughs> slobs too, man. Uh, I know. And, and that's okay. Cause that's their house. Yeah. But like yeah. in my house, like we alphabetize, no, we don't go that <laughs> far <my house> anymore. <laughs> but you know, every, like all the things are, I'm very OCD about certain things and I don't want to like subject other people to that. And I just am set in my ways. So my, and I don't know if this would ever happen. My ideal situation is like, we have a cul-de-sac of houses and we share a backyard.
0: <laughs> and we ah, all have our own house. So interesting. that would probably be my dream. That's a very good compromise. So you D- can retreat yeah. to your sanctuary. Yeah. So. I think they
1: did that in a show. What's the one where it was um, It was on HBO or Showtime with the sister wives? I and mean, that's what they did is they bought a bunch of houses. Or maybe it was on... I haven't seen oh, it, who knows. Yeah, So it was this polygamous family. And the wives each had their own house, but they had all the backyards that they shared. I was like, that sounds perfect. That sounds amazing. When you
2: you get the title, please send it to us because I want to put it in the show notes.
1: Definitely. I think that'd be a a
2: good show that our listeners could tap into to share with their significant other as they present the idea of polyamory or even swinging. You know, we like to have our listeners influence the subconscious of their significant other with TV shows, topics, so that just presenting it lightly just to gauge a reaction. But listen to this sound, Pollyanna. Do you know what this is? Can you hear that? Can you hear all that? That's the sound of me clearing our spare bedroom.
0: <laughs> like where are you going do now? I get yeah. you moving
1: now? <laughs> hey, uh,
2: when you say OCD, does the <laughs> is the toilet paper over or under as it oh. hangs?
1: It's over, oh. and here's how crazy it is: I fold it into a triangle. Oh, so like, ho- like like a hotel. Yeah, like a hotel. Do you face yeah. all your? Do you face like all your spice labels? <laughs> So o- that yeah, you know it's facing forward and, yeah. and then they're in a in a certain order. <laughs> right. Because you've got your categories of spices. Right. Because that's not insane. But yeah. So yeah, it's well maybe uh, I'm a little OCD, OCD too. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so. I've had I've had people come over to my house, like friends, and they'll see all these little, you know, as good as it gets um signs all over my house. And you know, they'll leave for the night and they'll have like turned everything backwards just to screw with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, I know, right. Oh gosh. Well, it's been
0: awesome talking to you. So we're going to just do a quick wrap up. And I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find you. So what kind of social media would you direct them to or how do they find your podcast?
1: Yeah. So my podcast is on a lot of different platforms now. So probably whatever podcast platform you're listening to, if you just search Sexploration with Pollyanna or Pollyanna, I should pop up. But the main ones that a lot of people listen to are Spotify, Apple, Google, AnyPod, uh, which is through Alexa, Stitcher, Radio Public Breaker. You can just search me there. You can follow me on Facebook if you search for Pollyanna and look for my logo. It's got a purple kind of square with two diamonds that are overlapping and it'll say Sexploration with Pollyanna." On Instagram, which I think you were looking at my page earlier, That's, I'm still looking uh, at it. <laughs> <You are? laughs>
2: my phone's no, at my so crotch. My
1: story from last night. So there's some videos there. For he you made check it.
0: Out. He made your picture his screensaver on his phone. <laughs> it's already. I'm, I already sent it to the printer.
2: I'm going to do oh, a wall wrap.
0: Oh shit! In the bedroom, <laughs>
2: okay. and it's going to be her booty.
1: I guess I'll be looking at your picture too, <laughs> and then her face. Okay, okay. so I appreciate but, that. Yeah. It, so, so on Instagram, it's at exploration with Pollyanna. Okay, And then Twitter is at Pollyanna Tweets. And then you can always email me too. And that's exploration with Pollyanna at gmail.com.
0: Beautiful. And then if we could leave our listeners with one or two tips that would help them if they're considering exploring polyamory, what would you tell them to get them on the right track?
1: I would say whatever you're considering, go out of your way to talk to people who have been there, done that. Whether it's, you know, go out for coffee or Mm -hmm. even if it's not somebody you're interested in. I think that people that have gone through that process of self-discovery are sometimes the best and most willing sources of information to not just kind of tell you what their experiences were, but then also to offer you guidance and maybe even counseling or new friendship over time. So that's something that really, I think, can help a lot of people. So seek out guidance from people who have been there, done that. And then just give yourself time. You know, If you need to take the time to meditate on it, think about it. Maybe just dip your toe in the water, just go to a gathering where you meet people that are in this sex subculture category, then do that. There's no rush to the beautiful process that is discovering yourself, exploring yourself, and accepting who you are. Just being open to it is a beautiful thing.
0: You talked a lot throughout the episode about communication, which is also a strong thread in the swinger lifestyle that you've got to have really open lines of communication. With your spouse, your husband, I mean, your boyfriend, girlfriend or boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever your situation is. And so just continue to talk about it and express your feelings. And I think that's going to help a lot of people make the decision and maybe even make the leap forward. All right. So we know about your Facebook. We know about your Instagram. And And I'm going
2: to stop being creepy because I'm not doing (sighs) the rap on the wall. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I, I know you I hope she knows that She doesn't
0: she might not know. You're you know, talking about clearing the spare room <laughs> setting up your
2: your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> or
0: the guest house, right?
2: Right, with a secret with tunnel that flow. goes through our master bedroom to right to her, where her feet well, are.
0: We don't need a secret um, tunnel. You
2: can, I know. You just look over there. I know. I know.
0: Watch the guest room. But you want to make it more like ooh, secret society. Yes. It's uh, naughty. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: My <laughs>
1: greenhouse definitely has like a hidden dungeon
0: oh so, yeah. okay
1: like it's yeah. like my dream home my, that's like, my barbie dream home like start Ooh. construction now babe <laughs> <Right?
2: Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> all right
0: so we know about your facebook and instagram we know where to find your podcast is there anywhere else that we and our listeners can find you online
1: Absolutely. I just started a YouTube channel. So I'll be adding videos there. And those will be kind of supplements of the show. So you can check me out there. Again, Exploration with Pollyanna on YouTube. Very cool.
2: love it. (laughs) Pollyanna, it's been wonderful hanging out with you and you educating us and also educating our our listeners that are already very savvy. But maybe this is an area that they wanted to explore. And I think we gave them a good primer on what to expect and what to look forward to when they're playing in the poly game. Sure. Right.
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you being on with us and sharing your insights. I know I've learned a ton and I know that this will definitely help our listeners and people who hear this episode in the future. It's going to help them. Understand what polyamory is and maybe even make the decision as to whether or not polyamory is right for them. So, Pollyanna, thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you you on and we look forward to all the feedback from our listeners. If you guys have any questions, any follow up questions about polyamory, please let us know.
2: Send them in because we can have her back again. Pollyanna, would you consider coming back and answering some questions?
1: Oh, I'd be happy to. It'd be my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, I feel like we've only
0: kind of scratched the surface about what Pollyanna oh, yeah. is and that we could do right. several episodes or a series or I don't know. I mean, you could go on for several hours talking about all the nuances.
2: Definitely. I think if people go to her show and listen in. Yes. And they'll get a great oh, education absolutely. and then we can have her back to explore the deeper and maybe not more advanced scenarios, but mm-hmm. different scenarios that are out there. Yeah. All right, Pollyanna, yeah. have a good day and we'll talk real soon.
1: Thank you so much. Well, have a great night, guys.
2: All right. You, you too. too. See you. Bye. Bye.
0: Discover your pleasure.